Gospels today and turn to, if you would, Matthew, the 25th chapter. And um, we're going to be continuing on and, and looking at the series that I have called Don't Waste Your Life. I, I think this is something that's a, to me, that's a, that's a thought that we all need to grasp as we, as we really think about what is life all about. And, and at the end of my days, will I be able to look back and say, wow, the world's a little different because I've passed through. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is right at the end of um, the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, which was on the very um, recorded last recordings we had of the Apostle Paul, where Paul says that, you know, I know the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew that, that his life was about up. Soon he would be under the executioner's sword. But Paul was able to say these words, you know, I fought a good fight, I finished my course I've kept the faith. Wow. I want to be able to say that, don't you? You know, that to, to, to get to the end of your life and you don't have a lot of what ifs that you, that you have to go over. What if I'd have done this? Or what if I'd have done that? Or what if I'd done that? Folks, we are living those moments right now that will determine where we are at that particular point in life. And I encourage you to just stop and ask your, yourself that question, God, what do I need to be doing that, that at that time in my life, I don't have the what ifs. Don't waste your life, my friends. Last week, we, we talked about, as we studied some words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, we, we talked about where, where God has, has blessed every member of the church or every Christian, every member of the body of Christ. He has, he has brought us together and we're all special and he has all equipped every one of us, the Bible says, every one of us with special gifts that we can serve within the body of Christ. Every one of us are important. And every one of us are a part of that body in some form or fashion. And, and, and so therefore that, that God has called us to work within the body to fulfill God's Purposes. I think that's an amazing thing. We've been singing this morning about the greatness of our God. And just to imagine for a moment that this God whom we're singing about, this God whom spoke the world into place, that the Bible says we are his body. That he has left us here on this earth to fulfill the things that he wants to accomplish. Isn't that amazing? That he works through you and me. That's his plans. And the question is, Am I fulfilling God's purpose in my life? And I want us to take a little step further today as we, we, we looked last week that we all have those purposes. We've all been gifted. But, but then to, to come to realize today that, dear friends, that what are we going to do about specifically what God has given us? And it's a beautiful passage of Scripture, a beautiful parable that the Lord tells. And he tells it at a, at, at a time that when the question was asked, Lord, when are the end of times going to be and when are you coming again? And he began to give some explanation about some signs that, uh, at the end of the age and right before he comes again in, in, in Matthew, the 24th chapter. It's a very fascinating read, very, very fascinating study. But then he closes out by giving a few parables because he simply says, I'm coming. But then he says, you better be ready. You need to be ready. 
And this is where this parable came from that we're going to be speaking of this morning, is making sure we're ready for His coming, that great God. So let's all stand together as we, we, we read this passage together. It's called the, the parable of the talents. It's found in Matthew, the 25th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 14 and then work ourselves on through this passage. And the Word of God uh, teaches us that Jesus speaking in Matthew, the 25th chapter, starting at verse 14, says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway or immediately he took his journey. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and, and reckons with them. He, he, he brings them to account. And so that he that had received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I've, given, I've gained two talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things, and enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, thou, thou hast that is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wickest and slothful servant, lazy, 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 said. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and and gathered where I have not strawed. And I, you may want to read that. When you read that, read that with a question mark. He says, this is what you thought you'd do. And then he continued, and then he continued, thou, if, if that's what you thought about me, he says, one thing you should have done, he says, thou oughtest therefore to go and put my money into the exchangers or into the bank, and then at my coming thou should receive mine own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and, and he, he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you take these words, and God, that you would apply them and, and just minister them within our heart. And God, I just, I just pray that that, God, that our eyes would be open, that we can see that which you would have us to know. Our, God, our minds might understand. God, our hearts would receive your truth. And, and God, that you would just, just touch our life. That God, that you would you'd just change us. Change us, dear Father, that, that, God, that we might be more faithful to you. That we can be called that faithful servant. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And bless this time in Christ's name. Amen. You know, today we, we want to look at the subject matter of faithful stewardship. This whole idea of stewardship, you say, wow, that's an exciting subject. 
I mean, that, that's right up there, Pastor, with, with, with preaching on tithing. Well, folks, if it's of the Lord, it's of the Lord. But I want us to look at this today and, and, and begin to stop and examine this and really see how that applies within your life and within my life. Because, folks, I can promise you, if you grab hold of this subject and you really understand what the Lord is saying, it will absolutely begin to transform your life. It will change the way that you see the world and the way that you go about business. Because we have to understand, and as we read the Bible, as we search the Scriptures, as we just ask the questions of life, what is life all about? Life is about stewardship. You may ask, Pastor, what is stewardship? It's not something I I use in my conversation a whole lot. To find out the, the question of stewardship, we need to just find out what a steward is. And a steward just is another word for a manager. It's someone that has been given the task of taking care of someone else's um, property or possessions or, 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 or maybe a task. It's, it's a manager for someone else. And stewardship is simply fulfilling that responsibility that's been given to the manager. And folks, let me explain to you, we're all stewards. That's what life is all about. Because we've all been given this wonderful gift of life by the God, our Creator. And the question is, are we going to take this gift that God has given us and use it in a way that is pleasing to Him? And when I speak about life, I'm not talking about the physical. I'm not talking about the, my heart beating and my, my lungs are working. I'm, I'm talking about that, that very life that, that Jesus you know, said that, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's our soul. It's, it's the way we think. It's, it's how we find expression. It's what Jesus talks about that, that when he says, I've come that you might have life. And he, he, Jesus didn't come to, for us just to have life. But he says, I want you to have it more abundantly. I want you to have it overflowing. It's that part of us that, that makes us wake up and say, wow, it's another day. But it's also that part, part of us where we can grieve and we can have sorrow. But again, Christ says, I want you to have it abundantly. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you, you, to, you, you to have the expression of happiness within your life. But how can you do that? You do that through good stewardship. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ taught much on stewardship. Almost all your, your scholars will agree that if you take the parables of Jesus Christ, and there's many within Scripture, that at least half of those deal directly with stewardship. And and some will even say that up to two-thirds of all the parables deal with some matter of stewardship or how we manage God's possessions. Now, if Jesus taught on one subject that much, I think that would be a clue that that's pretty important to him. And it's something that he wants us to understand and he, he wants us to grab hold of it. And one of the reasons I believe that's so important to Jesus Christ because the greatest steward that ever lived was Jesus Christ himself. Our very salvation is based upon the faithfulness of the stewardship of Jesus Christ. Because before the foundations of the world, and before God even created the world, God already knew 
what would occur. He knew that he would create the heavens and the earth. He knew that he would create man within his image. He knew that he would give man a volition or a will, but he knew that the very man that he created to have relationship with him and to spend eternity with him, that he knew that that man would rebel against him. Because God being God, being holy, that, that that sin of man, that rebellion of man would separate man from an eternal and a holy God. And folks, every one of us face that condition. I just love it with, with young parents. We've all went through that. If we have children that, you know, when we, that baby is born and when you look at that little sweet face, you think, well, man, how can any bad thing come out of this child? Well, you just wait a few months and you can find out. There's a lot of badness that's already there. Because why? We're all born in corruption. We're all born, we're all born with, a, with a will to rebel against God. The Bible says there's none of us that's seeking, no, not one. And the only way that could be resolved is through the great, and boy, I'd like to be in that throne room when God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit was discussing what to do with mankind. And there was only one way. That God the Son would be given the responsibility to come to this earth, to take on flesh, to live a righteous life and then die for the sins of man to be their Savior. That was placed on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. God the Father had given him the responsibility to come to be Savior. And God the Son was a good steward. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. And even though the strain of being a good steward was so tough that, that within the garden, he said, Father, take this. No, God, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. That, that was, his, man, that was his, his humanity speaking. But then he says, but Lord, this is, if this is what I need to be a good steward, then I'll do it. It's not my will be done, but your will be done. You see, Jesus Christ was the greatest steward that ever lived, fulfilling the responsibilities that God the Father had given him, he had taken that responsibility and that, that, that as you please, that, that being, he came as a servant to serve the Father and to serve you and me. Aren't you glad Jesus Christ was a good steward? Aren't you glad that he was faithful and that he fulfilled his role? And the Bible says because of that, that one day that, that, that every tongue is going to confess him. And every knee is going to bow unto him that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so when Jesus Christ speaks on stewardship, he speaks of something that is very personal to him. Jesus Christ never asked you and me to do something that he has not already fulfilled in his own life. I think that's what makes, it makes him a, a, a wonderful Savior. Because, folks, he's already walked this path. He's already dealt with this in his own life. And so therefore, when he teaches these subjects, these, these parables, he teaches them with authority because he's been there and he's done that. 
So where does that leave you and me? See, life is about stewardship. And we need to take and, and let that be a part of that which God has called us to. You know, it's not about fantasizing about what someone else has or what someone else has done. And a lot of people spend their life looking around at other people. Folks, that's not life. As a matter of fact, that's just covetousness. That's rebellion. There's no joy in, in wishing you had what someone else had. What life is is when you take those responsibilities, those circumstances that have been given to you, and you begin to build upon them and use them for the glory of God. And that's what God desires, and that's what this parable is all about. Let's just take, let's just break this parable to teach some really important life lessons and some lessons that we can find about stewardship. You know, the first greatest of the life lessons we find, and oh, young people, if you could grab hold of this and adults, if we could live by it, it would change everything. And the first life lesson that we learn from this particular parable that, that deals so much with stewardship is that all things belong to God and we are only his stewards. You see, there's only two worldviews. There's a secular worldview that says this. It says that, that as a man, that I'm the center of the universe and all the universe circles around me. And so for the decisions I make is what is for my betterment and what is for my good. Where I'm the king, I'm the God of my own universe. And so for the, the, the lens that I look through always comes back to me. See, that's the natural worldview. That's the worldview that when we are born into this world that we have cast within our eyes because of our sinful nature. The other worldview is a biblical worldview that says this, that, that God is the center of the universe. In all things, encircle Him. That God is our creator. That God is our sustainer. And God is our sovereign, and he has the right to choose. And so to understand that, we have to understand that God owns all things. And we are only managers of that. We can understand that first through, through Scripture, we can understand it that, that, that the Bible itself teaches us that, that in, in Deuteronomy, the, the 14th chapter, verse 14, I had something talking to me down there, didn't I? <clears throat> I, can't, I, can't, I, I did that on Easter Sunday, so I can't, I can't say too much. <laughs> Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, verse 14 says, Behold, the heaven and the heavens is the Lord's thy God and the earth therein, and with all that, that there is. Not only the heaven, but the heavens of the heavens. Everything's God's, the writer of Deuteronomy says. I love how David says that in Psalm 24:1, when he says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world, and, and they that dwell therein. If we believe that God is creator, then we have to believe that he's the owner of all things. 
I think even from a practical standpoint that we should be able to understand that because we understand that there's one thing that's common to all man is we're all going to die. No matter how much we gather up in this world, we're all going to leave it one day. That's a pretty somber thought to me. We work so hard to gather up so much to know that one day we're just going to leave it to someone else to spend. You know, Solomon fought with that question in Ecclesiastes. You know, why are we working so hard to leave so much that our kids are just going to go blow one day? And, and so it really, that we don't really own it, it's just passing through our hands. And when we begin to understand that idea that everything that I have is God's, and He simply made me a manager of that. I'm not only talking about that, which is our, our monies or the houses that we live in, our clothes, but folks, our very life is God's. Our very life is God's on two accounts. On first of account, because He created us. The second of account, because He bought us with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we are God's. As a matter of fact, in this terminology, in this scripture, it, it speaks about the servant. If you have a, a, maybe a, a, Holman's, um, a Holman's Bible, it will say slave because the word is for slave. It's doulos. It's a bond slave. And as the Bible speaks about this, this master, this man that, that had many servants, that he had many slaves, this, this is a beautiful picture of, of, of maybe... If you think of as God and us, God is the master, we are his servants. See, that's so hard for man to understand. That's so hard for man to, to, to accept because especially if, if you have a, the, just that secular worldview and if, if, you, if you allow the world to revolve around yourself, it's hard to see yourself and you'll never see yourself as a slave to anybody. But that's what the Bible teaches. And so, folks, ultimately, it's not about what you and I think. It's about what the Word of God teaches us in the whole perspective. That we have been bought with a price. We have been created by God. And so as we, as we move on through that, let's begin to stop and examine then what the Bible says more about this. Because the Bible says these words... He says, for the kingdom of heaven, speaking about the kingdom of God or, or, or in, in, in God's world, the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like a man traveling to a far country where he called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. His goods. So just picture that. That God has delivered to you and me his goods. Your life is His goods. Your possessions are His goods. Your eternity are His goods. They're God's. We are His managers. He has just put us to look over them. But let's look at this next. This is a, folks, this is a liberating, this is very liberating point here of, of a life principle that God disperses His talents according to our abilities. God disperses his talents according to our abilities. He says, unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, that everyone 
to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. I think that's so cool. Because, folks, we're all different. And, and aren't you glad that God created us all differently? That God created us physically differently. He's, he's, he's created us emotionally different. Intellectually, he's created us different. There's, there's no two persons in this earth that, that are created just the same. And so when God begins to distribute his talents, he distributes them according to the abilities by which we were created. And folks, what a blessing is that? Because God will never put on us something that we, we can't do. And as we, we look at this story, we need to understand, though, the value, because there's many of us that live our lives looking at somebody else and say, I don't have the same ability, or I, I don't have the same, haven't been given the same talent as that person. Listen, if God created you, he created you very special, because even as you take this idea, this, this idea of talents is a, is, a, is a Roman, it's kind of a Roman monetary Statement and and we're told that talents equal about six thousand denarii. A denarii was kind of considered to be a day's wage. And so, for every one of these guys, he gave a a a, a talent or the equivalent of six thousand days' wages. Now, if you only made fifty dollars a day, and that's not even. That's not even um, minimum wage anymore. You're talking about $300,000. You're talking about even the guy that he gave with, gave one talent, he still gave a lot of his possessions to. And so don't diminish what God has given you because every one of you are valuable and he's given every one of you something very valuable to him. Because one he gave five, to, to another he gave three, and to a, or two, and another that he gave one. But he says he did it all according to their ability. And I think that's so important. Because it ties directly into this third point, and, 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 and I, I want to tie those together. is that we will be held accountable for our stewardship. You see, a lot of people live their lives comparing themselves to someone else. And so therefore, we allow ourselves to be weighed down comparing ourselves to the next person. And that's so very easy to do. I've shared with you before that, wow, as I, as I hear these guys such as Eddie and Joel and Shane and Jeannie and John, that their musical abilities, I so wish I could do that. But I can't compare myself to them. Or I'd live my life in misery. That's not life. Always wanting to be something that I'm not. And I tell you, we've been so blessed at our church to, to you know, to, man, uh, we kind of bring in these young guns and to have, have, have Nathaniel and Joel. Man, these guys can teach. 
If, if you've been able to sit under their teaching over a period of time, you think, wow, these cats can flat teach. I mean, I would just as, I, the, the, these young guys that have, have come, I would just as soon to listen to them than anybody. I, and, and, and I'm not saying that in jest. And I'm, that's sometimes intimidating to us old guys. But you know, I'm not Nathaniel either. I'm not Joel. I'm Johnny. Because you know what? I may not have some of the personal skills that Eddie has or some of the musical abilities, but I can do some things Eddie can't do. And I, I may not have some of the, you know, I, that's when I went to seminary. I, I, when I went to seminary, I thought I was so smart, but I realized I wasn't the sharpest pencil in the box, I can tell you, folks. <laughs> you know, some of those guys just blew me away. And I appreciate those guys, but you know what? That's not me. See, I have to focus on what God has given me. Because that's what I will stand before the Lord one. That's what I will be held accountable for one day. Not trying to be as, as, as good as Nathaniel in my teaching or as, 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 as good as Eddie in some of his, his people skills. But just what God has given me. And folks, it's the very same for every one of us. That God has gifted every single one of us according to our ability. He's the one that has designed us. He's the one that has equipped us with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to be standing in judgment with Nathaniel or with Eddie. I'm going to be standing in judgment by myself before God. And so therefore, I have to give account for myself. See, the Bible, the Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches very clearly within this passage that he says that when he, the one that received five talents went and traded with them the same and made five talents, and likewise he that received the two, he made two more, but the one that received only one. You know what he did with that? He pouted. He allowed him to believe the lie because he only received one talent, that he wasn't as good as the other guys. And instead of trying to multiply that talent, he went and hid it. And then, because of his failure, you know else, what else he did? He tried to make excuses. He tried to be the victim and blame everyone else. This guy is probably the picture of most people today and probably throughout history. That they look at everyone else about what everyone else has, and because they don't have it, they bury themselves and then play the victim card and blame everyone else for the problems, even God himself. This guy was so caught up with the victim card, he told the master, that you know what, I know that you are a hard man. He didn't know that. 
And I, he began to make up stuff that, you know, you, you, you go reap in places that you didn't sow. He, he's trying to blame all, blame everything on the master. But the master turned it around on him. He says, if you, if you really thought those things about me, then you should have been the one that worked the hardest. And at least go put your talent in the bank and make a little bit of interest out of it. Folks, as I read this passage, it, it, really, it, it really shakes me because I do believe that most of the people that live today and even gather in our churches are a lot like this guy. We sit back to others that, that we think have more talent than us and say, okay, you go and do everything, and I'll just bury what I've been given. And then we blame God because we don't have happiness, we don't have joy, we, we, we don't have abundance. Folks, God has given you a blessing that he's not giving you the same responsibility. Do you know the Bible teaches us the more that one has, the more that a person is going to be accounted? You know, as, as a kid, we all grow up in, in America, what do you aspire to be? You know, and we, we look at these heroes or presidents, and man, that's what I want to be. I thank God he hadn't placed me in those positions. Because first and foremost, I couldn't do what these people... I, I think about even the people who, who run, runs for president, the, the excessive amount of energy that they have to have. And that really you don't ever get a day off because there's somebody... There's all, you're always just a phone call away from disaster. And, you know, I can sit and wish that I want to be like that guy, but I really don't want to be like that guy. I just want to take, God, what you've given me and be faithful in what you've given me. But, folks, the question is, am I faithful for what he's given me? Like within the body. God has, has given some people some incredible gifts to be used. And, and, and some of them are very... Very, um, very much seen, very much exposed because of the teaching, the singing, the the, the service type of ministries that that that, um, that that puts herself. But there's other people that's behind the scenes. But as we studied last week, everyone's important. All God asks you to do is what He's given you to do. The question is, are you going to do that? See, we'll all be held accountable for our stewardship. The Bible says very, very clearly in verse 19, and this is the passage that whew, should, should make us stand up and, and think. He says, for, unto, to everyone that sh for everyone... I'm sorry, I'd lost my place.
in verse 19, I completely lost my place. He says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckons with them. He makes account of them. Folks, if Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross, he was buried, he rose again on the third day, the Bible says he's coming again. And that's what got this whole discussion going when, when, when the disciples began to ask him, what's going to be the end of times and when are you going to come again? And as, as Jesus began to explain these things, he, he, he began to also teach some talents or some lessons because I'm coming again and you better be ready. Because when he comes again, every one of us are going to stand in judgment. Every one of us is going to have to bring to the account the talents that God's given us. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's a scary thing. That should place some fear of God within my heart that, that one day I'm going to be standing and I'm going to be looking Jesus Christ face to face. And what am I going to do? Am I going to be like Paul who says, you know, I've, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith? Or am I going to say, God, if, if you'd have just given me another opportunity, if you'd have given me just the abilities that you gave Eddie or the abilities that you gave Nathaniel, or if you'd give me the sweetness that you, you, you gave Sister Out or the, or the tenacity of, of um, Sister Mavis, and he's going to say, I'm not talking about Eddie. I'm not talking about Nathaniel or Out or Mavis. I'm talking about you. Were you faithful in what I've given you? We're all going to have to give an account of that. So I'm going to have to give an account of the, 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 the very life that God's given me. I'm going to have to give the, 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 an account of the very body that God's given me, the minds God's given me, the, the spiritual gifts that God's given me. I'm going to have to give an account as a man before, before the wife that God's given me and the family. Men, God's going to judge you. He's not going to judge your wives. He's made me. He's made us as the pastor of our houses. I'm going to have to give, I'm going to have to give an account for for how I loved Wanda Sue and how I, I took care of my children. And it's not about anyone else, it's about me. Life is all about stewardship and, and God has given, he owns it all and, and he's given it according to our abilities and we're going to have to be accountable for that one day. Folks, there'll be no excuses on that day. And he'll not let us blame others. He'll not let us blame him. You see, our stewardship's going to be judged by the faithfulness of our own responsibilities. Not in comparison to others. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't judge the guy that had five as compared to the guy that had one. As a matter of fact, the guy that had five and the guy that had two, because they were faithful, he gave them the same blessing. And if the guy that had one talent, if he'd have just went and reproduced another talent that had been faithful with that, he would have received the very same blessing that the guy with five talents. 
And that's what I think such the, the joy is. Again, we don't have to be compared to others. I think about a guy that I read this story about that, um, that, that was written by Dr. Floyd Fawcett. Let me, let, me, let me read this to you. This is an amazing story. Dr. Fawcett says that early in his ministry, I met a man named Worrell. He had been stricken with a rheumatoid arthritis at age 15, and when I met him 30 years later, he was totally paralyzed except for one finger and could very, barely speak and was totally blind. But he had a, had a string tied to that one mobile finger that he could turn on a recorder, and he wrote for national magazines, authored books, and led a happy and influential life from his bed. That was possible because after initial prayers that brought no healings, he accepted his loss his lot, and graciously said, well, Lord, if this, the, if this is the size plot in life that you've staked out for me, let's you and me together show the world what we can grow on it. Isn't that good? You know, God, if this is all you've given me, let's, let, let's take this that you've given me and let's show the world what can be ha- happen through you. Wow. Folks, we could turn the world upside down if we would just take that plot that God has given us and trust God to do great things through it. You see, also the faithfulness of our stewardship today will determine the quality of our tomorrow. He told the guy with the, with the five and the guy with two, he says, hey, you've been faithful in little things. I want to I wanna, I wanna make you... I'm going to give you a greater stewardship over many things. And then he says, enter the joy into the Lord. You see, their their tomorrow was blessed by the faithfulness of their today. But then he says these words. In verse 29, he says, For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he that shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall, it shall be taken away from that which he hath, he says, and cast in profitable servant in the outer darkness, and there shall weep, weep in a gnashing of teeth. This guy, even with the one, could have received the very same blessing as the other two. Because he lit, chose to live his life as a victim and begin to uh, blame everybody else for his lack of talents. It just proved his unfaithful heart. And when he cast in the darkness. And so I just close out today, my friend, and I ask you, how good of a steward are you? How good of a steward are you? And I close with this, another story that I read that talks about a man that was a very generous man, and he went to a a guy that was very poor, and he went to that man and he says, listen, I want you, he says, I want you to, to, to build me a house. He says, I'll give you everything I, I need. My, my name's down at Lowe's. My name is at, at, at um, Ace Hardware. You can just go and pick up anything you want. And I need you to build this house for me. And so he, he gave the, this guy the charge of all of that to build his house, and he left to go into a far country. But the guy that that he had given the task, he cut a lot of corners. He says, no one's really going to know. So he spaced the studs out. He went with the cheaper materials. 
And he pocketed some of the cash for himself. When the man came back, he took the keys to the house and said to the man that had built it, this house is yours. He cheated himself. Folks, I believe that's how so many people live their lives is we cheat ourselves. Because we're not faithful in the stewardship that God has given us and we, we cut corners. And folks, that's going to affect your tomorrow and my tomorrow. And I just challenge you to take those gifts, take those talents that God has given you and, and don't compare yourself to someone else. Thank God for who you are and what he's given you. He, he's not going to ask you, and he's not asking for anything that you don't have. Just, just give what you have. Give what you have. And God's going to bless you. I think that's why it's so exciting to be a part of Brayford Road Church. We're a little church in a, outside of a little town. And what so many other people say, that's just a, you know, they're, that's just a bunch of ignorant and unlearned people out there in that, that part of the world. We're kind of, we're kind of the Galilee. And, and we'll never grow to huge numbers. Folks, I went to churches. I've been a part of churches that had more members than Baker County has people. But that's not so impressive when, you, when, you, when you're a city of two million people. But I think it's so cool to be a part of a, a body of Christ that's in a location that has big dreams and say, God, you know what? We may not have the resources of some of these bigger churches and these bigger communities, but you know what, God? We have what we have, and we're going to turn the world upside down with it. And, and, and so when we break that down to as an individual, that, that, that God, that I, I'm, I may not be the... The, the, the smartest guy on the block, or God, I may not be the best singer, or I may not, you know, God, all I can do is keep the children, but you know what, God, I'm going to do the best I can. And God's going to use me to turn the world upside down. See, all he's looking is for faithful stewards. So God can take a person, no matter who you are, and that you can bring glory to him and then you can receive the same blessing that received the, the, the person that, that God has given the greatest of talents. But you know, ultimately the decision's yours. The decision's yours. What are you going to do with what God has given you? Remember, as I close, Jesus was the greatest steward that ever lived. My salvation and your salvation was based upon his faithfulness to go to the cross. And so we stand here today and we sing about the greatness of our Lord and Savior because of his faithfulness. But folks, that's what he's called you and me to do. Today, would you commit yourself to God? Let me be a faithful steward. Let me just take that little plot of ground that you've given me, and let's show the, what the world, show the world of what we can do through it. We would be amazed 
at some of the stories that we would hear from this body. I pray that we'll take that challenge as individuals. I pray that we'll take that challenge as a body. And take that plot, take that talent that God's given us, whether it's one, whether it's two, whether it's five. And let's use it for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that you'd bless our time. God, I pray that, 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 God, that your word will impact our life, that, that, that God will have to do something about it. And I just pray right now, Lord, that Holy Spirit, that, that God, that, that hearts will be touched and, and stirred by the presence of your spirit, that God, that would make herself available to you in Christ's name. Amen.